0: Back in episode 9, we asked you to start becoming more aware of what is happening to our planet and how unsustainable we are being, so that when scientists, engineers, governments, businesses, and many others all start to implement different changes, it is met with acceptance rather than with resistance. Then, back in episode 16, we told you we were trying to push the hardest sale there is the sale of an idea. An idea that knowledge on this subject is our greatest tool at overcoming this challenge. And you'll hopefully understand why in this episode. This episode is the conclusion of our global sustainability diagnostic. We thank you once again for taking the time to listen to our sustainability sales pitch. You may not realize it, but you just finished listening to an entire book on sustainability. This is chapter 35. And next episode is our executive summary. And although these are usually located at the start of a book or paper, they are the last ones to be written. And we haven't written it yet. We had to modify our strategy a couple of times based on roadblocks we encountered. The apathy is stronger than even we anticipated. See episodes 9, 17, and 25. We won't point out all the slight changes in direction and strategy on this podcast because we encourage you to go look for them, but one is the non-existent website. Although this will all make more sense at a later date. We started off with many options on where to take this, and as time went on, we focused more effort on the areas that we thought we would see the greatest result. Maybe you would have done differently, and maybe your method would prove better than ours. That's kind of the beauty of it. This strategy was still being crafted and finalized as we were writing the episodes. Not because we typically like to rush, but because our world is running out of time. See episode 28. We appreciate our listeners keeping this in mind. We have to simplify concepts for a global audience with diverse backgrounds, cultures, beliefs, everything. This is quite the challenge, and we sincerely hope that we accomplish this task. This is the conclusion of our sales pitch. As global sustainability consultants, we will present the first strategy we highly encourage our listeners to use. Next episode, we will be asking you, and you alone, a question. We have said from the start that these are your decisions to make, and this is also your world to help save and these episodes were created to allow anyone who listens to them to become a mini-expert on sustainability, informed. This is the most up-to-date solution to global sustainability. It's entirely possible it will encounter some resistance, see many of our previous episodes. However, since you are now a mini-expert, you can rely on yourself to make more informed decisions. Because as we said before, a smart buyer is a knowledgeable buyer. This was a crash course on the challenges of sustainability. If you're not still convinced, we encourage you to do more research on your own. With that out of the way, here it goes. Welcome to Viable Underdogs, where we try and teach you cool things and hopefully encourage everyone to become a bit more sustainable. My name is John, the expert in change, Carlos, is with me as well. This is episode 35. The diagnostic phase of our podcast is complete. In this episode, we instruct you on how to solve a good portion of the communication problem we have identified in previous episodes. Once the lines of communication have been repaired, real change can begin. It's not exactly a secret that our world has changed very rapidly throughout the 20th and 21st centuries, as we have discussed to some length on this show. And it's also not exactly a secret that humans, for the most part, are not exactly big fans of change. This is why nostalgia is always popular. Many of us dream of a simpler time and often romanticize the past, whether this perception is accurate or not. Others seek to recapture our youth, as made evident with blockbuster movie reboots and sequels. We're going to reminisce about an old idea that might make some of you a tad nostalgic. Chain letters. Back in the days before email and the internet, people would send chain letters via traditional delivery mail to random people and encourage those people to make copies of the letter and actively forward it on. The recipients of these letters would then make more copies and forward it on as well. When the internet and email first came along, these type of chain letters became updated to work with new technologies. The ability to copy and spread the message became far easier, and online chain letters were somewhat common. Whether the intent of these online chain letters was fairly benign, like spreading a viral joke or the idea of luck generation, And then, some of these were more malicious, such as money generation in Pyramid and Ponzi schemes. Some could also be seen as more altruistic. These had good intentions behind them. Just like human ingenuity, a chain letter, whether sent via snail mail or email, could be used for good intentions or chaotic intentions. We're going to leave more info on Chain Letters at the end of the episode for those of you who would like to do more research and maybe get that nostalgic feeling back. I had a communications professor who liked to say that the only reason someone should use a direct quote is if they cannot say it better themselves. And although we often use direct quotes on this show for legitimacy and out of respect for those who came before us, we believe This strongly applies to the following direct quote. It is not the strongest of the species that survives, nor the most intelligent that survives. It is the one that is most adaptable to change. That's from none other than Charles Darwin. See episode 18. There are five main challenges when it comes to sustainability. The first is the communication breakdown. Our summary episode on this problem is episode 31, and it refers back to the following episodes that have to do with communication. 3, 7, 8, 18, 20, 22, 23, 27, and 29. Problem 2. Bureaucratic inefficiency present in the fields like governments, businesses, and science. See episodes 6, 12, 14, 19, 20, 21, and 29. Problem number three, the emotions of change and sustainability like fear, apathy, denial, etc. See episodes 9, 14, 15, 16, 17, 25, 31, and 35. Problem number four, global cooperation. See episodes 10, 11, 12, 15, 24, and 33. Problem five, the slow acceptance of ideas. See episode 6, 22, 23, 24, 29, 30, 31, and 32. And it's entirely possible that we overlooked additional challenges, so this list may become a bit longer. We initially started out with only the first three. So why is it that change is not really happening at the speed and scale required? well, it's due to all the reasons we just mentioned. Our world changes extremely quick. We're not here to comment on what rate is the best option. The decisions were already previously made for us. Those that lived in the 19th and 20th centuries created this modern world, and we inherited it. But they also gave us the tools to overcome these challenges. If they didn't, you would not be listening to this podcast right now. We are consultants advising you on exactly how the 21st century world operates. And we can provide advice on how best to correct these issues. And this can all be learned by using lateral thinking and adapting concepts from the business field, as well as many other fields, to create some pretty cool solutions. We encourage you to do more research because these are not really our ideas. These are your ideas. These are the ideas that already exist in certain fields. See episode 32. But everything we present has to be based on trust. We encourage you to consult experts on the individual presentation of our ideas. Particularly those experts already concerned with sustainability and take pride in providing legitimate sources for their expert opinions. Most probably are not qualified to discuss the combination of the fields since we do not yet have a global field of generalists, but we aim to correct this soon as well. This idea only works with mutual trust and cooperation. And on our end, we cannot understate the importance of consulting some of our later ideas with experts in their fields. The only thing we seek to do right now without the initial buy-in is what we will present in this episode. And the only way it works is if you think that our strategies make sense. But keep in mind, there may be some debate among professionals. That's why it's important... you to make your own decisions as well. You're a lot more informed now. If you have listened to this entire podcast, this is the expert opinion on this subject and these are your experts, our experts, our world's experts. Businesses are often faced with exactly these types of problems, the five we already mentioned, and they utilize frameworks in the field of business to correct these issues. Including frameworks related to change. But in order to drive the idea of performing this as responsibly as possible, we need to explore reasons for change to ensure this is, in fact, required. There are four questions you need to ask yourself to ensure change is required. Because, make no mistake, change by nature is often unpredictable and can become chaotic. Thankfully, very intelligent people have crafted strategies to minimize this to some degree. Here are the four golden rules to determine the necessity of change. Number one, change should be implemented only if there is good reason. To us, literally saving our planet seems like a pretty darn good reason. Number two, change to be gradual and non-inhibitive of current processes. This is important. Everything we propose needs to minimize unwanted consequences. We are not seeking to start a redistribution of wealth or push other agendas. Our strategies are based on our current world, and the only thing we seek to change is transitioning our planet from an unsustainable one to a sustainable one. And we will not propose anything without consulting those who need to be consulted. We will be making a scientific prediction as evidence for our case. Not because we are fortune tellers, but the burden of proof is on us to provide evidence to those who are skeptical of our ideas. If our diagnostic is mostly correct, then we should be able to prove it by making future predictions. Much like the field of science does. And the reason we know this is because we are using the world strategies that already exists. It might seem a little unsettling, and we would not be proposing this idea unless it was necessary. See the answer to question number one to ask yourself whether it is necessary. Number three, all changes should be done after thorough planning without any rush. We have shared with you all of our findings and how we have come to our conclusions. We admit, the podcasts themselves were somewhat rushed. Look at how much I changed in style, tone, and speed of talking starting from episode 1. I hate listening to it. I barely had any experience doing this. But I think it's pretty cool to watch my learning curve. Hopefully, you kind of think it's cool too. But not the research data and the diagnosis itself. This was planned out. Not as much as we would have liked, but this should be okay since a lot of change is already happening. It just needs to be managed a bit better. Our strategies would not work without the collective efforts of millions of people already working on this to some degree all around our planet. Number four, all individuals affected by the change need to be part of the planning process. This podcast and this idea doesn't work without you. Every single one of our listeners plays a small role in the planning process. We have frameworks in place that have been adapted to allow feedback and input from the world. These are slightly unconventional, since this has never been attempted on this scale. But there is little doubt in our minds that they will all work. But you need to believe that they will. Nothing will be done without thorough and simple explanations to explain to everyone why these strategies make sense? Ah, oh, let's get coffee. If you truly want to understand something, try to change it. That's a quote by Kurt Lewin. In the field of business, there are numerous frameworks that exist for organizational change. See episode thirty. Whether the change needs to be massive or smaller and more transitional. If you want to do more research on your own, here's a few examples. McKinsey's 7S model, Cotter's theory, the Kubler-Ross change curve, and Lewin's change management model. Yep, the guy with the quote. If you want truly to understand something, try to change it. Kurt Lewin, an expert of psychology and change management and although he's been dead for some time, this gentleman will be partially responsible for solving our sustainability crisis. His process for change appears simple, and it is really, that's part of the beauty of it. It is often compared to a block of ice. Let's say you want to change the block of ice from one shape to another. Let's be simple and say from a large cube into a sphere, you could start by hacking away at it and using force to change the ice from one shape to the other. But as you can imagine, there is more physical resistance with this method than if you were to use Lewin's model. First, you unfreeze the ice, then reshape it, then refreeze it. And this analogy of the ice cube is an organization that requires change, kinda like the global change required on the perception of sustainability. So even with this in mind, How would we globally enact this type of change? This podcast seeks to perform the first step of Lewin's change model, unfreeze. Unfreeze is done by educating those who will be affected by change. All of those affected by change are those who will enact the change as well. This is why they need to know why and how the change will occur. In different organizations, people are far less resistant to change when they understand the reasons for change. This is why we tell you that the first step in realistic sustainability is in knowledge and discussion. This unfreeze normally would have already been performed by groups like the field of journalists. But communication has broken down on many levels. See episode 31. All current attempts at change without the unfreeze process creates the exact outcomes you see globally so far. But the important thing to keep in mind is despite all of the challenges, the world is in fact changing on its own, thereby exemplifying the sheer power of human ingenuity. Our species is already globally achieving what should be almost impossible, change on a global level without an unfreeze but this is currently happening far too slowly. Our current rate of change will not enact change quickly enough to avoid the oncoming feedback loops, see episode 28. Aspects of other models, such as Kubler-Ross, see episode 31, and Cotter's theory will need to be combined with Lewin's model in order for this to work globally in the 21st century. Here's a quote from John P. Cotter one of the world's leading experts on change. Until changes sink deeply into a company's culture, a process that can take 5 to 10 years, new approaches are fragile and subject to regression. And again, like everything else in business, every situation is unique. The challenge of sustainability is unique, and we're not trying to say with 100% certainty that change on the perception of sustainability will take 5 to 10 years. But we're using this as a rough guideline, which coincides with pessimistic estimates on when the Earth's feedback loops start to run away. On the subject of change, here is some cautionary advice that we already mentioned back in episode 31. Change cannot happen until the unfreeze is over. Normally, an unfreeze should not take too long. In a small business, it can be as simple as sending an email memo outlining exactly what is changing, how it's changing, and what exactly people can expect. In larger organizations, the unfreeze process may take longer. But our planet is massive. The unfreeze process may take several months or possibly even years. This is unfortunate and should be avoided if it can. And we here at Viable Underdogs have done everything in our power to accelerate this adoption curve, but we need your help to do this. We need to locate the innovators and early adopters who will provide this podcast with legitimacy, peer review it, see episode 29, and make any necessary corrections and allow this new idea to spread. Here's a quote from Kim in Moborn on tipping point leadership. Once the beliefs and energies of a critical mass of people are engaged, conversation to a new idea will spread like an epidemic, bringing about fundamental change very quickly. Does this kind of sound like what we're saying on the subject of adoption curves and the likelihood that the adoption curve should accelerate quite quickly once we were past somewhere around the 20% mark? See episode 24. But the reason change cannot happen is we are not sure which are the best solutions. We are on a timetable, possibly as little as 10 years. Ideas that work well and easy need to be implemented, whereas ideas that are not won't work in time. And you haven't heard all of our ideas and suggestions. They are fundamentally your decisions to make, we can only present the evidence for our case. During this unfreeze process, people will undergo a range of different emotions, which we introduced in episode 31 with the Kubler Ross adoption curve. Globally, we are all in different parts of this change curve. The first stage is shock and denial, as change suggests moving away from the status quo. The disruption that comes with change can lead to emotions of fear and anger. Then, as change is more underway, This moves towards a mindset of exploration and acceptance. With the final stage being a commitment to the new status quo. As we have stated before, this should be seen more as a guideline or general idea on what to expect. This is the first time the world has encountered a problem like this, so it's hard to predict what will happen, and even more difficult to determine every variable that exists. But as we have stated, the important thing is not to be confrontational with those that take a bit longer to move through the change curve or adoption curve. We will leave a source further explaining the change curve and change management at the end of this episode. To further illustrate that it's important not to needlessly engage those who are not that quick to change their minds, here is a slightly modified quote from Deborah E. We changed three words because the terminology could be misinterpreted when taken out of context. We encourage you to read the full article and book details at the end of the episode. Those seeking change know that not everyone is an ally, but they also know it's pointless to see those who represent the status quo as enemies. The current perception or status quo of sustainability is incorrect. See episode 31 again. Just like doctors all globally agree that sterilization and hygiene are important and this is 100% accepted and not up for debate, there was a time that medical doctors did not have full acceptance of this idea. We are hoping to artificially accelerate this adoption curve, but this process will take a certain amount of time, hopefully not too much time. Our proposal episode outlines the general direction we intend to go. It's not overly specific because we need to consult with many global experts first. We aim to be as transparent as we can, and we hope you understand why, at this point, we cannot be more specific about future stages. We need to repair our lines of communication first. We need a global unfreeze. This podcast is a lot like the internal memo within a company. It explains the reasons for change. And we're well aware it currently has two main limitations. It's a podcast, and it's in English. Not everyone listens to podcasts, or necessarily has access to it, and not everyone speaks English. So we need to split up Lewin's unfreeze into two stages. Stage 1 is this podcast. We need our listeners to get us to the top of podcast platforms, and we will take it from there. We have a lateral idea that we will use for the second stage of the unfreeze. And if anyone can guess as to what it is before we implement it, you're going to have a lot of high fives and bad jokes from payment on our part. But both this stage and the next stage requires your help. None of our strategies can work without your help. For this reason, we want to make a few things clear. Number one. This podcast currently does not have ads, nor is it connected to any sort of promotion, and we intend to keep it that way. If you've heard any ads prior to this episode starting, or someone is spreading this message irresponsibly, please inform us. Number two. People have counterintuitive reactions to change. Some will be afraid, some will be angry, some will be in denial. Let them process these things on their own. Number three, at this time, this podcast is the only communication line we are utilizing. There is no other social media, websites, or partnerships. If anyone claims otherwise, it's not the truth. Once the lines of communication are repaired, we will update you using this podcast. Every update will come from here first. Number four. The only change we recommend at this stage will be outlined in our proposal episode. What is needed right now is the repair of our communication system. The unfreeze and the only change that can continue to go on during the unfreeze is change already underway and pretty decent. If you agree with our strategy, then you should also agree that change cannot take place until the unfreeze is complete. Basically, just keep doing what you're doing at the current speed. Keep doing what you're doing at the current speed. Business as usual until we tell you otherwise. We usually encourage and promote ideas and discussion, but we hope by now you understand why this is so important. So how will you know the unfreeze is complete? When every major media outlet on both sides of the political spectrum is discussing our sustainability crisis and calling it a sustainability crisis. This will repair the role of journalists in our world and will help communication during this stage. And this is the first scientific type prediction we are making. Correcting our communication problems should decrease overall global apathy and allow the foundation for realistic change. We want to reassure everyone that our systems should be able to correct this sustainability crisis. If we didn't think so, we would be enjoying our remaining years on a beach somewhere, but like we already said, those cold drinks and bad decisions will have to wait. But we hope some of you may join us afterwards, cause globally, our species will have one heck of a reason to celebrate. This episode is the launch of our Viable Underdogs first proposal. Carlos, play the music for Dramatic Reveal. Introducing a Type 1 global chain letter. See episodes 19 and 28 for why we called it that. Which is why we discussed chain letters earlier, but it only works on the principle that the early adopters believe us. If and when we become a popular podcast, we do have another cool strategy to employ. More details in the proposal episode about the contest. And regardless of even if we lose this contest, which we're willing to bet could happen, it will only help in furthering the rate of adoption. Which is all we're looking to do at this point. Cause we like getting results. We hope you believe that. You just listened to an entire book on sustainability. You're now a mini expert on the subject. Enough to make informed decisions. And that's all we're asking of the world. We're asking you all to make informed decisions on sustainability. Your opinion could have been outright angry denial yesterday and you may feel different today. We did. We weren't in denial, but we weren't doing anything. We were stuck in apathy. Your best and smartest are already working on the sustainability problem. Those are the experts you should consult. And those are the ones most likely to have our 2.5% of innovator population. This is a tough sell, and you need to help us make it. So, how are you going to help us do this? Well, next episode is our summary episode. We will shrink our sales pitch down to as short as we can make it, and then we also have a video we made that shrinks the concept down to a couple of minutes. We will leave a link in our episode description on where you can see this video. This video is our short elevator pitch that very briefly explains what we're doing and directs people to the next episode of our podcast, our executive summary. From there, it will further expand on the idea and direct the listener to the info they are most initially curious about. And we will help you sell and spread these ideas if you answer yes to the question we will be asking you. But you should only do this if you answer yes to our question and agree with our proposal. This is why we continuously ask you these questions. Are you buying what we're selling? Because if you don't, the adoption curve will take too long. This is the reason for episode 16, Selling Sustainability. We're asking you if you're buying, because if you're buying, we need you to sell this podcast. It's free, and we intend to keep it that way, so at least there's that. And this is why we gave you a crash course on sales. Figure out what motivates your customer, the person you are encouraging to listen to this podcast and these ideas. Which episode is your favorite? Have them listen to that one, as well as the upcoming Executive Summary episode. Because as of this moment, there are two types of people. Those who have listened to our podcast, and those who have not. Those who have heard the story of humanity, the viable underdogs, and those who have not. Did you uh, see what we did there? Thanks for listening. As always, please share and forward this podcast. The first step towards realistic sustainability is in knowledge and discussion, so we can create a global unfreeze using this humble podcast, a Type 1 chain letter. Please send any questions, comments, or tell us what you would have done differently to ViableUnderdogs at gmail.com. Our intro music is composed by Mark Kanowski and the music currently playing by Jonathan Atkinson, and the reveal music by Philippe Vasseot. If we want things to change for the better, we have to be the miracle. That's from Edward James Allen IV, it was on the back of an old magazine, eh, we just decided to add it in for shiggles. More info on chain letters can be found at Snopes.com, that's S-n-o-p-e-s.com. The article is called Chain Letters, by David Mickelson. More info on the change curve and other change management concepts can be found at MindTools.com. More info still can be found at www.process.st change-management-models. The article is called 8 Critical Change Management Models to Evolve and Survive. Written on July 24th, 2017 by Ben Mulholland. A lot of the info we used in this episode was pulled from the Harvard Business Review, 10 Must Reads book on change management. This includes change experts like John Cotter, W. Chan Kim, Renee Moborn, and Deborah E. Myerson. They all have different articles that make interesting points on the subject of change management. The four golden rules for change we mentioned in the episode were pulled from the website That's daniellock.com. That's D A N I E L L O C K.com. They have an article that explains Kurt Lewin's change model in some detail. The video we mentioned in the episode was made a month or two ago, and at the time we thought the time we provided on the length of the podcast would be accurate. We're starting to think it won't be, but we're running a bit short on time to worry about correcting it. But we do hope you appreciate the effort we have taken to condense this as much as possible in order to take up less of your valuable time. Even in making these, we had to re-listen to these episodes too. So many times although the jokes made us giggle every single time however